Welcome back to the Coffee and Foils podcast. I'm your host, Simone, bringing you the client's perspective from the other side of the chair. As stylists, we see it all over social media, differing opinions on all sorts of salon policies and whether we have a right to charge clients for going against those policies. Well, on this week's episode, I interview Sarah, who is not a stylist, on what she thinks about different salon policies, including redos, lateness, no-shows, and cancellations. If you want a sneak peek into what our clients really think about these things, this is an episode you definitely do not want to miss. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Coffee and Foils podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited. I am very excited too, particularly because I know pretty much nothing about your hair history. (laughs) I was just like, hey, you, I need your perspective. Can you come on here? And there is some topics that I want to cover today. But before we start on that, I kind of want to know a little bit about your history visiting salons. Have you ever been loyal to one person going forever? Do you bounce around? Do you get your hair done often? What's the deal? So I have a complicated hair history. My hair is really curly and I used to have a lot more of it before I had kids. So growing up, I wanted to have straight hair. Like I was obsessed with it. I didn't know what to do with my hair. So When I would go to a hair salon, it was like such a big deal when my mom finally took me to an actual hair salon. You know, people were sort of iffy about dealing with my hair. My hair was like past my waist. It's very thick. It's a lot. So we, I I, I would, I would bounce around from hair salons to, from different stylists and different hair salons, depending on how things went. And it was always like an investment getting my hair done because I had so much of it. And I wanted, you know, I went through, I've colored my hair a million times. I've been coloring my hair since I was like in fourth grade, thanks to my mom. So I would want to go blonde. And, you know, that's a whole process to make your hair blonde when your hair is dark. Um, You know, my hair is so long. So there would be like a whole thing. I would be at hair salons for like six hours getting my hair done. There was even a point in time where I was like a volunteer at a new hair salon that was just opening up that they needed hair models for the stylist to practice on. And I was like, yeah, sure. Sign me up because I like wanted to get my hair done, but it was such an event to have to do it. So, you know, growing up, that's sort of how it was. We'd bounce around from salon to salon. As I've gotten older and I moved back to town, I do go to the same hair salon, which is, they really, it's like an in and out kind of place. They do blowouts, very inexpensive, you know, and I barely get my hair done as it is. So, you know, if I know that I want to get a blowout or a trim, I call where I'm going and I go and it's in and out and, you know, it's very sort of like a machine kind of thing, you know, in and out. We're not really talking or hanging out or like becoming best friends while they're doing my hair, but I get what I need. I do see all the time, like people have like, they have devotion to a stylist. It's like their person and everything. I haven't gotten there yet, especially when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I stopped coloring my hair. So up until now I hadn't colored my hair in like four years. I know I told you I, a couple months ago, I went to a box dye, which I definitely regretted, but <laughs> I did, you know, it was the first time I had colored my hair in like four years, which is so funny. Cause now I'm like letting my grays come in and it's so not what I was like growing up with. I have not gone to a hair salon in forever. Now I think I got my hair cut for the first time after the pandemic in like 
October of this year, which was like such a huge deal for me. And I haven't gone back since. And it was like for a trim. I want to be able to go somewhere more often, but even now things are different for me. You know, I have more uh, budgeting concerns and I have a schedule that's not reliable because of, you know, my husband and his job. I have kids who, if I want to go spend a day getting my hair done or something, I have to get childcare arrangements. It's like a whole thing. So I know that we always talk about like self-care and taking care of each other and taking care of ourselves. You know, all of it is like such a process that at the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, it's my hair's fine. I'll just put it up. No big deal. And then it's like three years later and I still haven't done my hair. <laughs> One ponytail for three years. Yeah. <laughs> my top knot was like a big hit. Yeah. Yeah. So there I am with my hair. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for sharing. I think even that is kind of like some interesting perspective of how much you were influenced by the people in your family or the people around you. And then as your like needs and desires changed, your life also changed. So now you wish you could have the hair that you want, but can't give the time to get it. It's, it's just so interesting, I think, yeah. how, how the priority shifts. Um, so it definitely sounds like you've been around the block when it comes to hair salons, <laughs> um, which is actually kind of perfect, I think, for the topic that I want to talk about. And I think the history that you just gave is important to consider when I ask you the questions. But basically for this episode's topic, I want to talk about the different policies that salons have. And on this side of the industry, from behind the chair, there's a lot of heat and tension and talks about this because you know the industry as a whole is kind of uh, heading in this direction of we're professionals and we're people too. I mean, it always has been, but it's, it's getting like more extreme and yeah. people need to respect our time and people need to pay for our time and people need to pay for the education that we've taken. All of that. I mean, I stand behind that a thousand percent, but there's even this bigger step towards, you know, people are going to post on their Instagram stories when you don't show up I just lost money out of my own pocket. Like I'm not getting paid to stand around. So people are being very open and honest about what it means when people show up late or cancel or keep rescheduling or are unreliable. So with that, there's a lot of talk around different policies, whether that's a lateness policy, um, a redo policy if you're not happy with your hair. And the big one is a cancellation policy. So I kind of just want to get your perspective to start with about salons redo policies. So what that basically means, and not every salon has one, but I think a lot of salons address it because they need to have some kind of concrete, like this is what we do, this is not what we do. Mm -hmm. If someone is unsatisfied with their hair, so if you went to the salon and you were like, you know what, I finally want to get my grays covered. And you cover the grays and you go home and you're like, the color isn't right or they didn't cover or whatever it is, the salon that you went to will usually let you back to get it redone because you paid for a service. But a lot of people have strict guidelines over what they will and will not allow or within a certain amount of time. So I think the timeline thing could be an interesting question for you to answer because of the fact that you're so busy and you have kids and it's hard for you to get to the salon in the first place. So two common things that I'm seeing when I look around, because I tried to do a little research, mm -hmm. is a lot of salons will allow you to come back and get it redone if it's within seven days or if it's within 
14 days. So one or the other, uh, like different salons have the mm-hmm. different policies. So if you went to a salon and you were unhappy with that, like I said, with the color of the coverage or whatever it is, and you called and they said, you know, we'll happily fix that for you. We're so sorry. Um, as long as you come within 14 days, how does that make you feel? It's actually happened to me before that I've gotten my hair done and it was not good, you know, and I think there's a difference between you get your hair done and it's not what you thought it was going to end up with, but it's still realistically what you were going for. Um, But then there's the other side where it genuinely does not look like what you wanted. You know, like I, I did get my hair done at one point where it was blonde, you know, my hair was blonde and it had been blonde for quite some time. And when I went to get it touched up again, it was just like green. Like (laughs) it wasn't what I, like, it was not good, you know? And I'm so awkward in situations like that. Like I don't, I tend to be like, oh, it's great, you know, when it's really not. And I, you know, I even couldn't, I couldn't sit there. And I remember that the stylist I was working with was new-ish. And, you know, someone more advanced came over and saw it and was like, oh no, like this needs to be fixed. You know, so in that case, they pointed it out for me. I didn't have to say it. And I was able to go back within like two or three days to get my hair done. Another time it happened and the stylist said it was fine. Like it looked fine. You know, and I was like, no, it does not look fine. This is not good. And I remember I was like, I need this fixed. Like this, I can't like walk around like this. Like this isn't. I went back a couple of days later and I used to work in the city. So my commute was a much longer commute and, you know, I wouldn't be home until like five thirty, six o'clock. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to be home until like five o'clock. Like if I, you want me to come back tomorrow or the day after whatever it was, they told me, is that going to be okay with you that you're not going to be going home like in an hour, you know, you're, it was sort of like a negotiation kind of thing. I think it's hard because I think if it's 14 days, you could swing it. Like I can move my schedule around sort of, but if they're like, okay, well, we'll fix it for you, but you need to come back tomorrow. For some people, that's not feasible. I mean, I don't know about other people, but I know when I make appointments to get things done, it's because it's my day off or I have other people to help out with my family or something like that. That's something that like took time to arrange. So if it was like a 14 day thing, yeah, sure. Probably I could handle it and figure something out. Would I want to walk around with my hair looking however it is for that long? I don't know. I'd probably end up wearing a hat or a scarf or something (laughs) and calling it a day. I think it depends on the person and what their schedule is like, which is hard because you, it's good if they're trying, if a salon is trying to help and like correct the issue and they realize that it's not, you know, this is something that needs to be addressed. But if it's sort of unrealistic, like they're like, okay, well you could come back tomorrow morning and we'll handle it because we have an opening or whatever it is. That's not really realistic. And you did pay for a service you know, like you're going to somebody who you assume or you believe that they know what they're doing, you know, <laughs> so, like if I wanted like an inch cut off and I end up, you know, someone messes something up. I mean, that's, I mean, that wouldn't be able to be fixed, I guess. But like, if I wanted my hair to be darker and it, you know, something like something that realistically could be fixed, right. hopefully it'd be more flexible on how it could happen. Yeah. Not everybody posts or displays their policies, but I find that the salons that do, it's because it's pretty written in stone. So I think, you know, 14-day redo policy is, like you just said, like very realistic. It's like, okay, that's enough time that you can reschedule something at some point to go back and to get that fixed and maybe wear a hat or a scarf or (laughs) whatever you said. It depends on how bad it is. 
Yeah. I, I mean, personally, I think that that's pretty realistic, like very doable. And I do find for myself as a busy stylist, if I have somebody that needs to come back, I don't always have an availability when they have an availability, right? Like, as you said, if you're scheduling an appointment, it's usually going to be on a day off or when you have childcare coverage or something like that. So sometimes I'll have somebody be like, okay, I can only come back on a Saturday. And I'm like, yeah, uh, no, I can't. And when it's something like that, I'll do everything I can to squeeze somebody in because I feel terrible that, you know, they're not happy. But the two-week policy I feel like is, I think, pretty standard across the board. Um, And the reason that it's not like open-ended, like, oh yeah, come back whenever is because hair grows. Yeah right? And color changes. So if someone calls a month in and they're like, yeah, I went to Florida and my hair is red now from the sun or orange, whatever. It's like, okay, so that was the sun. Right. We didn't do that. You can come in and pay for a glaze, you know? So that like after two weeks, it kind of becomes a lifestyle and time and things like that that are going to change your hair. And I think that's why most salons probably have a deadline on that kind of thing. It makes sense because you're not going to, what did you use on your hair? Did you, you know, blow dry it too much? Did you use a different kind of shampoo or something? Like there are products that are specifically geared to whatever you're, you know, whatever you're doing with your hair. So yeah, Yeah. two weeks is realistic. Like it's sort of, it's still there. You could still work with it. You know, I can't return a dress I wore six months ago and be like, it doesn't fit me now because I gained 10 pounds, you know, like (laughs) that's not their problem. It's mine. Perspective. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like (laughs) all this time has passed. Um, And actually when it comes to things like gray coverage, if someone waits three or four weeks and they come back and they're like, it didn't cover. It's like, you know what? Your hair actually just grew. And now We need to redo the entire head and not just that one spot because your hair grew. And people will insist that like those tiny little hairs in in the temple that are showing, that can't be growth, but it is growth. And I always tell people, this is like a little thing that I say is like, how often do you shave your legs and the next day you have to shave again because your hair grew that much. So your hair can indeed grow that much on your head as well. And like people just don't realize. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I don't know. For some reason, it's not something that people talk about. It Maybe it's because stylists don't want to admit that they could have done something wrong that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, But I do think it's important for salons to have some policies in terms of that because for you to call a salon and them to say, well, we can fix it tomorrow, like that would sound a little unreasonable, like you said. So another thing I want to talk about is a lateness policy. and there's a lot of heat around this one. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of back and forth between stylists and clients, maybe not the ones that have like solid relationships, but just people in general, right? Because I say on this podcast, there's two types of people in this world. It's Mm -hmm. the people who do hair and the people who get their hair done. So you're either doing it or you're getting it done. So you're either enforcing this policy or having it affect you. And If I'm running behind, it's for two, well, three reasons. It's either I talk too much and I lost track of time or the color didn't process as usual because of something with the person's texture and their processing time, maybe they needed more or less, or my client was late. And it does happen often. And there is that feeling of, 
well, I run late sometimes. So if my client runs late, how can I penalize them? Because I would like the respect of, it's okay that you ran 15 minutes late, no big deal. But the truth is, we don't get mad at our doctors for running late, right? I mean, we do get mad, but like we still see our doctor, right? Like when we get to a doctor's office, are we not expecting them to like keep you waiting in the waiting room for 15 minutes, sometimes more? And it just is what it is because we understand that they have patience and not everything is predictable and sometimes things go over. Mm-hmm. And But we also understand that if we're late enough to a doctor's appointment, they might not be able to take us. So the lateness policies that I tend to see is some salons will charge a late fee if they take you and you're X amount of minutes late. And some salons really just kind of state that if you're 10 or 15 minutes or later, you might result in rescheduling. So what's your take on like the way I just said it, which is salons having lateness policies, but also sometimes stylists running late? I think it's funny, especially since you mentioned the doctor thing. Like even when I go to my waxing appointment, they have, what is it? It's a 10 minute lateness policy. And then if you're not there, they cancel you. Even if you show up at 11 minutes, they cancel you. And three times that you're late, they cancel you. And then you like, they get like a hold on your account or something. Like it's something like that. And I always think it's so funny because when I get there, I always end up waiting, even if I am there on time. And the same thing with the doctor. You need to be there on time. You need to be in, uh, more than on time. You need to be there early. And I always end up waiting. I think it's like, if it's somebody who's frequent, like first time things happen. But if it's every time you make an appointment and you're late, you know, if you know the salon is 30 minutes away from you or something, you need to leave earlier. It's the same thing like going to work. Like you can't be late every single day and be like, oh, I hit traffic again. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> okay, you're going the same place all the time. You know where you're going. You know, I think it's a 10 minute policy. Sure. You give people a little bit of leeway because things happen. And more often than not, your stylist is probably running behind also, which is actually one of the biggest complaints for the salon that I go to now, because people say it's such like a factory kind of thing, like in and out, in and out, but you're always waiting. Like they push people in and out very quickly, but there's always a wait. There's always people and it feels rushed. And like you said, when you start talking, because you want to have that relationship. I mean, most people do. Sometimes I get weird and I don't really want to talk to people who are doing things for me. You know, I get weird. But um, if you are loyal and you have that bond with the person that you're with and you're doing it all the time or, you know, you're a repeat customer, you would start talking, you know, things happen. But realistically, you know, it's like, well, I run late too, so I can't really hold against them. You know, it's, it's both. It's a little bit of both. Like, do things happen and I might run late? Like I couldn't find my keys one day because the girls were playing trick or treat with them and they trick or treated them right into one of their bags and I could not find my keys and I was running late to my waxing appointment and I like, <laughs> I like called them on the way. I was like, I'm sorry, I couldn't find my keys. Like I'm going to be like 11 minutes late. Like, please don't cancel me. I'm coming. Like fine, but I don't do it all the time. And I'm pretty sure that they put that like in their book or something like late, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but if it's somebody who's doing it all the time, like, come on, you know, yep be a little bit more respectful of the time. If you're having a lunch date with somebody, you're not going to show up 45 minutes late because you felt like it or because you were whatever. So it's the same thing. You know, it happens on both ends. You might end up waiting, but I don't know, at least you didn't annoy the stylist because you showed up so late, you know, then they're not really that inclined to like run to help you either. You know, (laughs) like I think it goes both ways. Yeah. So you, as the client, you would rather be someone who is on time and waiting than having your stylist wait for you. Yeah. I really would. 
and I'll sit there. I'll sit there and I'll make sure that they knew I was there. Like, hey, hi. <laughs> you know, but like I go expecting that I'm going to wait. So yeah. to wait isn't a big deal. You know, if I end up waiting for an hour, that's annoying. Like that's things happen. Like if I go to a salon on a weekend, I assume it's going to be busier. Right. So I try to get my appointments in as early as possible. You know, there's always going to be a wait, but I'd rather be the one there waiting than have them waiting for me. Okay. I mean, I appreciate that. (laughs) Speaking for the industry, we appreciate that. Um, So how does that make you feel? Let's use like the place that you go for your waxing as an example, because it's still a similar thing, appointments and and, um, service industry, that if you're late, they won't take you, right? If you're a certain amount of minutes late, but you end up waiting. So how does that, do you feel like that's fair? Do you understand where it's coming from? Do you wish there was a little more leniency? I, it's hard to say because I know like there's been times where I am early and I'm like, well, maybe they'll stick me in earlier, you know, they'll take me earlier because I'm here and the person before me literally is not there yet. And they were running late and I'm like, well, I'm here. Could I go in? But then if I go in, then that person's going to be pushed back. And you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say. I think like you're paying for the service and just because it's a hair salon doesn't make it any less important that you should respect the, the time, you know, the people's time. Um, I think a lot of businesses do that. There is a late policy. There is a charge if you're late or they will cancel you if you're late. Just like I used to take um, Pilates classes out of place. And if you were late, they didn't let you in, but they also charged you. Hmm. So yeah. you still got charged for the spot, but you couldn't come in if you were like more than 10 minutes late because it interrupted the class. That's their policy. You agreed to it when you signed up. And I think that that's, you know, you're still, you have to be respectful of the people's time. Like it's their job, like it's their money. Right. You know, I'm a teacher, so it's not, it's not the kid's fault if they're late. But if I have a kid who is consistently late because their parent brings them late every single day, they're missing out on what we are doing and it's disruptive for the class. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, you have to get here on time. There is a time and there's a reason why things happen on time. It, it upsets the whole balance of everything that's going on. So it's the same thing when you're, if I have an appointment and I'm like 45 minutes late, I mean, I guess that would be like a big thing, like something happened or something. But <laughs> if I'm 10 minutes late, my 10 minutes late pushes you 10 minutes behind and everything gets pushed back. So like the whole day is going to end up being pushed back, I assume. I don't know. Yeah. But if it's a one-time thing, fine, whatever. But there's a reason why people have policies in place, you yeah. know, because maybe it's happened often. It, it's it, they, There's a reason for it. it. It is what it is. Like, you want to come here, then this is how, these are the rules. Right. Yeah. I mean, usually these policies are in place. I mean, it depends on the salon or the store, whatever we're talking about. Usually they're in place for the repeat offenders. I mean, listen, when I look at my day, I know who's going to be late and I know who's going to be on time. And sometimes when I have somebody that's always on time and they're literally two minutes late, I'm like, I hope they're okay. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. Uh, in three minutes, we need to call this person because this is never happening to them. And then sometimes they'll walk in and be like, oh my God, you'll never believe it. A tree fell down in my driveway, but everybody's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm here. I told them I had to go. And for those people, I'm never, it's never going to be like, uh, I can't take them. It's going to be like, no, I'm going to do whatever I can. Mm -hmm. But one person being late enough will send your entire day spiraling. And there's been so many times that I start my day with that. And the entire day, the energy 
the energy carries through of you're constantly trying to catch up. You're constantly apologizing to the next person for keeping them waiting. Um, you're constantly hoping that maybe one appointment was booked 15 minutes too long so you can catch up. So maybe you can like go to the bathroom and like have a bite to eat and not yeah. your next client waiting. And you know, that's the life that we live as well as just, you know, we don't want to upset anybody else and we don't want to upset the person that's late and we don't want the person that's late to affect the entire rest of the day. And then we also, we would want the respect from someone if we were running late though. So it is, it is a very weird thing, but like you're saying, there's all of these industries and there's all of these professions where if you're late, you're late and certain things are going to happen. There's going to be policies. Maybe you can't be seen. Maybe you have to reschedule. Maybe they cancel your appointment. Maybe they kick you out of class and charge you anyway. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of interesting that this is like such a heated topic because salons are businesses too. But I think maybe because there's such a, a close relationship and there's so much conversation, it's, and it's usually more like you're hanging out with a girlfriend. I mean, it, yeah. it depends on who you go to, that it, maybe it doesn't feel so businessy, but it is. I think even then it makes it like more awkward, you yeah. know, cause then, you know, what are you doing? Then you have to add like a late fee or something. And they're like, but why, why would you do, you know, like, but you are, but you're my friend. Like, you know, like, why would you do that? But it's true. Like I, you know, because it is a more casual sort of relationship or something. It's like, maybe people take it for granted. Like, oh, they're not going to mind. I'm late. Oh, they know me. They know I'm going to be 10 minutes late. You know, sometimes some people just end up being like, that's their thing. Like they're always late, you know? And, um, oh, it's like cute, like whatever. But you know, sometimes it's really not like if you're costing me money. It's not that cute, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have clients. I mean, I'm not thinking of them right now am, <laughs> that like when they show up on time, I'm like, you're on time. They're like, I know. Can you believe it? I'm like, I, I cannot, actually, I cannot believe it. At the salon where I work, Starbucks is like one foot away. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can see into Starbucks and see if my mobile order is on the counter. Like it is that close. And I can also see my clients that are 15 minutes late waiting online. Online, so, waiting for their coffee. <laughs> just in case any clients are listening, <laughs> I can see you. So, <laughs> so moving on, because this is a big one, is the cancellation policy. So I have seen many stylists post on their stories about this is what happens when you cancel or when you no-show or when you cancel your appointment within 24 hours. I've seen people saying, I'm booked out five weeks in advance. And when you, when you cancel last minute, you don't give me a chance to fill in that spot. And I could have called somebody on my waiting list. I see people saying it aggressively. I see people saying it sweetly. And either way, it's kind of coming down to, at the end of the day, it is our job, right? Like it is what's putting food on the table or gas in our car or Mm. paying for our kids' education or whatever it is, right? So when we have like a big appointment, you know what, big or small, and we could have filled that spot with someone else, they're definitely, it becomes a little personal and it's not personal, right? Because when someone cancels an appointment, it's usually because something is going on in their life. Mm. It's it's usually not like they woke up and they're like, eh, you know what? I don't really feel like doing them a favor today. Like, yeah. Not what it is, and we know that, but it does start to feel a little personal because you're like, well, I'm doing a whole lot of nothing there. I could have fit four people in that spot, like people that you know of. You're like, they've been DMing me. 
they've been trying to get in. They could have come in today, but now it's too last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of feelings that come up when someone cancels or no shows or cancels last minute or, you know, any of that. So a lot of these cancellation policies, people keep posting about and keep reminding people and keep trying to make it personal and saying, when you cancel, this is what happens. So I'm going to read you, you know what? I meant to put this in order, but I did not. So just enjoy the word vomit. A a variety of cancellation policies that I've come across. And I tried to check salons local to New York. I checked some salons in other states. I checked some California salons. I did not check anything out of country. If anybody is listening, I'm sorry. You can let me know what your policy is. But these are the ones that seem to be the most common. Everybody who has a policy seems to need a credit card to book an appointment. So this is how all of these things get done. When someone is a no-show, the appointment is charged 100% of the appointment fee. So let's say if someone had a... um, a full highlight booked and it was $250 and they don't show up, their credit card is getting charged $250. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen deposits required to book when it's a new color service. If they cancel within 48 hours, they lose the deposit. I've also seen that if they cancel within 24 hours, they can reschedule that appointment to maintain their deposit within a week or two. So like, I can't make it two days from now, but I can make it a week from now. And then their deposit just carries over. I've seen mm-hmm. that too, which I kind of think is very kind. Um, if you cancel within 48 hours, you must pay 50% of the appointment fee before booking the next appointment. 48 hours or less, 50% of the appointment you have to pay. If it's 24 hours or less, you pay 100% of the appointment. Again, no show is paying 100%. And before they book again, they need to pay a deposit. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of appointments uh, with confirmations where salons will email you or text you and they'll ask you to respond, yes, I'm coming, no, I'm not coming. If, they, if the client doesn't respond, yes, I'm coming, their appointment just gets canceled because salons can't risk that person not showing up. So really all this comes down to is most salons are choosing between 24 and 48 hours some kind of cancellation fee. And then no-shows are treated entirely differently. Yeah. And it's like people are being flagged, like this person didn't show up, do not let them book, they need to deposit, they need to pay up front, they need to blah, blah, blah. And a lot of this stuff, I would assume these credit cards are getting charged maybe with or without a phone call of a warning that it's getting done. Mm-hmm. I would also assume that if these policies are being enforced, people have access to the policies in some form. Maybe it's on the website, maybe it's in the confirmation email, maybe it's being told to them over the phone when they're booking their appointment. I would assume that salons that are carrying through with policies like this are telling their clients in some way. So for you, who has a busy life, full-time job, two beautiful little girls, and child care and moving, you know, moving things around... How does that make you feel? Like, does it, does it make you feel scared to book an appointment? Does it make you feel bad if you cancel? Does it make you worry? Give me feedback. Well, I, I mean, from personal experience, I, the cancellation policy makes me so anxious. But again, you know, you try to book it for when you have the time. And because it's not just my schedule that's involved. I always have to figure things out with my husband's schedule. So it's like hard because we don't have other childcare or we do, but sometimes it doesn't work out or whatever. 
And sometimes things change. Like my schedule is the same because, you know, I work Monday through Friday. But if my husband's schedule changes at the last minute, which doesn't happen often, but does happen, I do have to change things. And it, it is unfortunate and it makes me so like nervous. And to find, to read a cancellation policy and like, no, like, okay, this is what's going to happen. I need to know ahead of time. But at the same time, I totally get it. I know that 24 hours is not enough time for you to fill a time slot that had been booked for two months, unless you do know somebody who, and I've seen it too. Like I know, I know people who are stylists or who are artists in some way, like tattoo artists, or they, you know, nails or eyebrows or something like they, you know, and they always will post, I have an opening last minute at whatever, and people can fill in that way, but you can't always count on that. It's not always going to fall, you know, happen. I think there's a difference between canceling and giving a heads up and not showing up at all. So like when I, I made an appointment with you, cause I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to get my hair done. This is so exciting. And then I had to cancel and it was two days beforehand. And I had read the cancellation policy and I was like stressed. Like, I was like, Oh my God, I need to, if I'm canceling, I need to do it right now. Like this is, does, does this count as 24, you know, 48 hours? I don't know. And I was like, I can't make another appointment because they asked, do you want to reschedule it? And I was like, I don't know schedule a month from now. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, you know? And I'm like, but I can't, I'm not going to make the appointment because more often than not, I have to do things on Saturdays or Sundays and he works Saturdays and Sundays. You know, it's a lucky thing if he gets a weekend off and then I can do something, but like, I never really know ahead of time enough. And I was like, I don't want to book another appointment just in case to reschedule, because if I do have to cancel it, they're going to charge me half of the money or whatever it was, you know? And I'm like, if I already have to pay half of whatever it is, I might as well bring my kids with me and get my hair done. Like, you know, because if I'm already spending that money that I'm like budgeting for here, I want to get what I'm paying for instead of, you know, if they're going to charge me anyway, like, but I get it. It's like when you book a hotel, like you have a certain amount of time before you can cancel without getting charged or an Airbnb, which has happened before, you know, seven days ahead of time, 24 hours, 48, whatever, because they can still fill that spot. But if you don't, then that spot's sitting there empty. Why shouldn't they take your money? It was your responsibility. You had the heads up. So it's like, I get it. I, I don't know if I love it, but I get it. Realistically, I think it also kind of depends on what kind of salon you're going to. If you're going to a higher end salon where they, you know, the prices are higher, you might be more invested to go. I have to pay this much money for it. Then I'm going to show up. I don't think that like at the place where I go now, I don't think they even notice if you don't show up, like, cause there's a million other people waiting, like, you know, with the walk-ins and stuff, it's different, but I think you're paying for a different kind of service. It's kind of like when you go to a doctor, like if you're going to a specialist, you're paying for that specialty and they'll charge you too for a missed appointment. So like, why not? I think it gives me more of an incentive to show up because I'm going to, if I'm paying $300 to get my hair done, I better be there if you're going to charge me anyway. You know, I think it is that you are not currently going to my salon and you never, I'm like, we are not that salon. We are not the walk-in salon. No, no. Um, I have never done your hair for anybody. No, you haven't. Sorry. Disclaimer. Yeah. I was supposed to. I have not. I have never touched the hair. No. So what's interesting is I feel like I don't know if hairdressers say this to their clients, but I definitely see it on Instagram and like, you know, in, in the industry world is that like, we often (laughs) compare ourselves to doctors and I don't mean like we think we're doctors. We, We just, there's, there's kind of this irritation that we are not sometimes taken seriously. Or, you know, if a doctor were to tell you that you need to take this medication 
to stay healthy? How come nobody's listening to us when we say you need to use the shampoo to maintain your color? There's Mm -hmm. a lot of comparisons made between our profession and the doctor profession, probably because it's one-on-one in the way that doctors are and they're trusted, you know? So it's like you would go to a doctor and you would trust them. You're paying them. They're the professional you're trusting their professional opinion. When you go to a hairdresser, do you trust them? Do you trust their professional opinion? So a lot of it, especially with the cancellation policy, it comes down to that. So it's funny because you're sitting here and you are referencing 18 different industries where all of these things apply, like waxing places or doctor's offices. Um, You're even relating it to yourself as a teacher, like all of these all of these things, everybody is affected by people who um, show up late or who cancel last minute or who don't show up at all. So it's interesting, and I'm not in any other industry, so I don't know if any other industry gets heat over it, but there is heat over this. And so it sounds to me like you understand where these policies are coming from and you respect them because you believe that nobody really should be taking advantage of someone else's time in their profession or in their personal life. And you don't want to pay it, but you're also going to do everything in your power to not have to pay it. Right. (laughs) Right? So you essentially would not be a repeat offender and it really wouldn't end up affecting you. But for the repeat offenders, (laughs) it probably would. And one thing came up recently that was like, if someone canceled, you know, where I work, it's not, you'll never get charged on the first time. Um, It's like a, a courtesy, like, listen, things happen people get sick, people have emergencies, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. On the first cancel, you're told about the cancellation policy. Like, mm-hmm. okay, listen, this one's on us. But like next time, just so you know, blah, blah, blah. If it's a one-time thing, like you're making an exception, you know. But if you have somebody who is constantly rescheduling and even if they're a loyal customer, it's still taking advantage of your time or of your kindness. And Maybe it's like that one time that you do charge them for whatever, and that reminds them, like, no, no, there's a reason why we have this policy. Yeah. You know? That's that's actually where this, like, what I was just saying comes in, because the idea that someone has presented recently, a professional, not a, you know, not a client, was, Mm -hmm. so if we actually go ahead and we charge that client, is that client ever going to come back? Like, is that seen as, oh my God, I can't believe they charged me for a service that I didn't get? So if you, Sarah, were, and this can come from either place of someone who has been very loyal, who has been a repeat offender, or someone who maybe is not, and you just, you've made several appointments at the same salon and you keep canceling because something keeps happening, and they told you about it, they warned you about it, and then they actually did it, how would that make you feel? I think, you know, that's like a chance that you have to take really, right? Because half of your advertising is like word of mouth, the experience of a customer, what a customer tells a friend and whatever, you know, you tell one person, that person tells three people and so on and so forth. And you take that chance, I think. And I think as if I was that person and then I got charged, I'd probably be embarrassed probably, but like, if I love that you did my hair and I like, you're the only person I feel I can do my hair and I've been going to you forever, you know, I maybe I'd probably go back because shame on me. That's, you know, you got me a slap on the wrist and I won't do it again, hopefully, whatever. But if it's because I do it all the time, at some point, someone has to learn their lesson, yeah. you know, <laughs> like we, 
I know I keep like relating it to like a million other things, but I've had a lot of jobs and stuff. So it's like when I used to work in an after school program, you know, there was a late pickup. There was a time for late pickup and you would have families who were consistently late all the time. And it's stated in the registration and all that there is a late fee if you are consistently late, like five or more times or something. And it's not like a five minute late thing or 10 minutes late. It's like half an hour, 45 minutes. And you have people who show up anyway and we're like, sorry, whatever. And eventually they start getting charged. And when they started getting charged, then they stop doing it. You have to respect people's time, but you as the client have to respect people's time too, like the business that you're going to. So you know, hopefully lesson learned. And then you'd probably go back because you loved it so much. Like, you know, you want to go looking for another stylist? I don't know. I can't stand it. I think it's so hard to find somebody. And I've gone through like a million people. And do you, if you were that person who had, you know, the repeat offender trait and people started requiring for you to leave a deposit to make your appointment, would you be like, yes, sure. That's fair. So sorry about that. Or would you be like, that's ridiculous. I'm not leaving a deposit. I think if you leave the deposit, it's more of an incentive to show up. You got some skin in the game. Yeah. I had to do, when I got my eyebrows microbladed, I had to give a deposit and it was months ahead of time, but I had to reserve that spot. And that made me more determined to not cancel it. Like get there, rain or shine, middle of a blizzard. I was going because I wasn't getting my money back. And and that's when a you're, hefty deposit. I've yeah. had to do the same thing for my yeah. computing. And yeah. I was like, yep, I'm going to be there. I'm showing up. There I go. I think when your money is involved in it, you're like, yes, yes, I'm going to be there. I will be there no matter what. You would hope that that would make somebody show up, you know, or at least show up on time or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you think that it would make somebody less likely to book an appointment? Now with something like microblading, I think they all kind of require it because yeah. I've gotten mine done by two different people and, and they both required it. And like, even tattoo artists, I find that like the really good ones usually require a deposit to book an appointment. Mm-hmm. But it, with hair salons, I don't know. I feel like everybody thinks that they're special, but hair salons are kind of in a way, especially on Long Island, like a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. So do you think that, and I know you're only you and you're speaking for the masses right now. You are representing the other side of the chair. But do you think that is someone was like, well, I don't want to leave a deposit. Maybe it's their first time or maybe it's because they've canceled or for whatever reason. Do you think that a lot of people would be less likely to book in that salon? Like they'd go find somewhere else? I think it's, you know, if I called to make an appointment and they were like, okay, we can see you on, you know, the 23rd, whatever, we need a card for your deposit. It would make me a little nervous if it was like my first time. Because then I'm thinking, what kind of salon is this? Like, how expensive is this going to be if you're going, you know, you want a deposit from me? I mean, I've paid a lot of money for my hair before. So like, and if you're not used to getting your hair done a lot or something, you might see a price list and be like, wow, wow. I mean, I still do that. And I've paid all sorts of money for my hair. So like, I'm still like that. Wow, that's a lot of money. I don't know. But I, you know, if it was my first time, I'd be like, you know, it might, what kind of salon is this? Like, is this a very high end salon? Like this is like stressful maybe, but at the same time, I see the point in doing it. You know, you want people to show up and if they don't show up, you still get some kind of compensation for it. Right. So it's not like the whole time is being wasted and maybe you could still fill the slot, but maybe you can't, you know, and I mean, I don't, I don't know how it works for you to get paid and all that, but 
I do realize that that's money that you're making if someone doesn't show up. It's like a compensation. So at least you're not totally losing out on that time where you could have had another client. So it's like hard. It's hard to say how it is. You know, if it was my first time, I'm not sure that I would want to because it, you know, I've never even been there before. I don't even know if I like you. Like, I don't know if you're going to, you know, I'm going to be happy with how my hair comes out. Yeah. But if you are somebody who has canceled three times in a row and now you're calling again, then I think that's understandable because you're probably going to cancel again, you know? Yeah. So if it's somebody who literally has booked an appointment every three weeks and every three weeks they don't show up the next time they call. Yeah. I think it's like a three times you're out kind of thing. And now you're going to have to put a deposit. But if it's like the first time, no, give the person like new client special or something. Like, I don't know. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. Thanks for that. I know. And this might not be a hundred percent accurate because I'm not always up to date on what the front desk is doing at the salon I work at, but usually it's like for bigger appointments, for appointments that if someone cancels that stylist is losing half their day, mm-hmm. we will require a credit card on file. So it's not like a deposit. It's just like, listen, if you don't show, we might have to do something because mm-hmm. you're literally taking up half of her shift. Yeah. Um, like if there was something like for services over the amount of whatever we require a deposit. Right. You know, that would make sense. If I know that like my appointment, if you were going to do my hair and it's going to take like four hours and then I don't show up or I cancel an hour before or whatever, you know, the night before or something, that's a lot of time that needs to be filled. So like that is understandable. So like that's another option, at least services over a certain amount require a deposit. Yeah. In my head, it, it seems almost more like um, if someone is putting their credit card down for a big appointment, it's really just showing like their dedication to showing up. Like, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll give you my credit card number. And then they're like, oh, we're not going to charge you. It's just, just for us to have on file just in Mm -hmm. case. And then someone would be like, yeah, sure. I'm I'm definitely going to be there. So to kind of flip this a little bit, do you think that if a stylist cancels on you, there should be some kind of repercussion? Like, has that ever happened to you? Well, it's funny that you say that. Um, So not a stylist, but I have a doctor who I see pretty regularly and they literally cancel on me and call and reschedule every single appointment that I have had in the last, I don't even know, eight months. And the other day when I went to my appointment, which was a rescheduled appointment that they rescheduled that did not fit my schedule. And I had to change my schedule to accommodate. And then I had to wait. And I waited for an hour and I had my kids with me and it was really frustrating and I was really upset. And, you know, I did say to them at the reception desk and I, I try not to, I try really hard to be very patient and to not be that person, but I got very irritated because I had been waiting for so long. And I said to them, you know, you rescheduled this appointment because your schedule, the doctor's schedule changed. I'm like, you have rescheduled every appointment that I have made. And it's not like, you make that appointment like a week ahead of time. You make appointments so far in advance all the time, four weeks, two months, three months. And then I'm expected to adjust it because I need that appointment, you know? And it's like, well, like, why is your time more valuable than mine? I think, you know, if a stylist needed to change their, the appointment for a reason, people have lives too. Like you have a job, I have a job, I have a life, like things happen. So if you, something came up, like your kids got sick or you got sick, your husband, something happened, 
and you had to change the appointment, that's fine. You know, that happens, especially these days that happens. Yeah. You know, you have the choice to book with somebody else or just wait it out. My waxing person recently got sick, like many people do lately, and they had to reschedule my appointment. I, you know, I rescheduled my appointment three times in three weeks and I got the notification three times in three weeks that my person, my appointment needed to be rescheduled. I had the option to book with somebody else or wait until that person was back. And that was up to me to decide, you know, they were still offering me the service. You know, they were trying to accommodate and say, we have all these other people that you could see if you would like to, or you wait. And I think that like, as a client, that's fine. It's not like she was just canceling it because she felt like it. Like she was out sick. There's a reason. Um, You're a hairstylist. If you broke your arm, you know, do I expect that you're going to be able to do my hair the same way? Like, no, like you need time off. You need time off. It's up to me to wait or book with somebody else. If I want, I, um, I read something yesterday that said like on a, they wish that you could put like, um, like your email signature response thingy. I'm unavailable until such and such day at time. Um, if this is urgent, I urge you to rethink what your definition of urgent is because Mm. not many things are. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's true though. We all have such a sense of like, Oh, I'm so important. Like this needs to happen. Like whatever. But like, does it, do you need, like, do you really need to get your hair done? Maybe if it's like your wedding next week, like, sure. I get it. New Yorkers. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, if you're getting married next week and you need your hair done, totally get that fine you know your stylist cancels on you and you're like oh no yeah like do I really need to get my grays covered but you can't do it because something happened your kid's sick and you have to stay home for a week what's the sense of urgency here like yeah is it really that serious or can you just wait so it's like no do I think that you owe me something because you something came up with you you know if you were my stylist and you canceled every appointment that we made for six months then fine maybe it's time for me to find somebody else right but you don't owe me an explanation if it happens one time, you know, like it happens, things happen. People get their flat tires on the way to work and you're going to, your appointment's not going to happen, you know, like, but in the, in the same sense, if your stylist canceled on you at the salon, that if you canceled your appointment last minute, they would charge you. How does that make you feel? I feel like if it wasn't something that happened regularly, that the salon might do something to help alleviate the issue. So if you were going to cancel me because I was 20 minutes late, or you're going to find me or whatever, you know, but I still want to go anyway. But then they call me when I'm on my way to my appointment or something. And they're like, you know what? She got a flat tire. Her car battery died. She has to wait for AAA to come. It's going to be like four hours. Maybe you would offer me something. Maybe you would give me a, you know, gift card to the Starbucks next door to go wait. Maybe you're like, I don't know, whatever, you know, <laughs> maybe, you know, you would offer me a, a wash and blowout if I needed one at a different time or something, you know, like I think in situations like that, and I don't know how that works because I realize it's like a business. So I don't know if you could, they could just like offer me something. But um, if I would think that they, it was like a once in the, you know, once in a blue moon kind of situation, whatever even if they were going to charge me something for being late because I'm the client, if it was something that happened with you, that it was just like, you know, a freak circumstance, like things happen, then so what? Maybe they would give me something. I don't know. Come back for whatever, you know, whatever. Right. Like, Well, in the, in the same thing, it's like, you know, we keep talking about doctor's appointments, but how many doctor's offices is like, if you cancel the day of, we have to charge you. 
but that doctor might very well call you the day of that appointment and say, there was a family emergency and we have to cancel your appointment today. And I have never expected the doctor's office to like do anything for me. The only thing that I expect is to be accommodated more quickly. So, and that has happened both ends of the spectrum to me where I've been canceled on and they've said, let me get you in as soon as possible. Can you come in at this time, this time, this time? And I'm I'm saying, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. I have a job. I have kids. Mm -hmm. And listen, I can only do this. And it's really important for me to come in soon because I've been waiting for this appointment. They'll be like, I'm so sorry. Let me see what I can do. And sometimes they call me back and they say, okay, move some things around. I really appreciate that. But I've also been on the end where it's like, "Mm, no, they have a family emergency. We have to cancel your appointment. And oh no, we don't have a Tuesday afternoon for nine weeks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not expecting anything from you except for you to like get me back in in a timely manner because this is the opposite of my fault. Yeah. Right. And I've also going on what you said, there's not a lot of times where I get to like be a client. There was a time where I was a member of a place that like does massages and I had been a member there for years and years and years. I think a lot of them knew me by name and it just kept happening that my appointments were getting canceled and I had been going there for years and that had never happened. So it, it just, it did start to feel like to me, like it was just a weird coincidence that this person happened to have had to cancel their day a couple random times. And on each of those times, my appointment happened to fall. Like I I'm in the service industry. I understand how those things work. And sometimes you just can't help it and you feel so bad. You're like, oh my God, this is like the fourth time I'm canceling on that person. Um, And then there was like another person that I was going to a facial for and I had scheduled my appointment like months in advance and they called me. They were like, oh, she's going to like a convention that day. And I was just like, okay, you know what, guys? You're doing this way too much to me. And they did it a few more times before I was like, I'm canceling my membership. There's just only so many times you can hit the same person before being like, okay, this isn't, this isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely been on both ends and I have never doubted that if I am canceling on a doctor last minute, that, that, that their time is valuable and I need to give them something for it. And I have never expected something in return if they cancel on me. So it's just an interesting thing on like forums or posts or comments on, on things on Facebook, you know, whatever. It will get heated about people being like, oh, so I'm expected to pay for my appointment if I cancel it, but my stylist doesn't have to do anything for me. That was kind of what like drove this topic. I was like, wait, someone needs to give commentary on these salon policies that, that isn't the person that, that their paycheck is being affected. It's the person that is asking for the service. Mm -hmm. I think it's weird. Like I, I don't know, like when my waxing person had to, you know, I mean, and I guess it's a, it's a franchise or whatever. So like, it's not like she was the one telling me that she was canceling on me. You know, I kept getting the messages, but it's not like I was like, well, you know, you canceled on me four times, three times, whatever. What do I get out of it? I don't think I expect, you know, someone to give me something. 
if it was like a one-time thing, so what? Like things happen, you know, you reschedule. If it's something that's like consistent, then maybe it's time to just find a different place, a different person, you know, right. maybe it's not going to work out because that person's flaky or whatever happened. I think it, it's, it's weird because if it was like the salon and the salon knew like this stylist is always, something always happens, you know, and you don't want to lose those clients, you give them an incentive right. to keep coming back and maybe offer them a different person to help, you know, or a different person that they can see, or here's a complimentary, whatever. If that was something that could be feasibly keeping that, you know, if it, if it makes sense enough to keep that client, but it's not like I would expect something, you know, it'd be nice. And I'd be like, Oh, they are a nice place. Maybe I I will keep coming back. Like that's a nice thing. Right. Cause you word of mouth really helps. But I don't think I would just like assume like you're going to give me something because my appointment keeps getting canceled. Although I will tell you, I was so self-righteous at my doctor's when I was like, you've canceled every appointment I've made in the last eight months and here I am and still I'm waiting. But I was, whew, it was a lot. But what were they going to give me? Like you said, hair salons are a dime a dozen here on Long Island, just like nail salons. Like, you know, how many times have they been like, well, I'm not going to come back here, like on the Facebook groups and stuff. I'm not going back there because they did blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Go get another one. And like, yeah, whatever. Like, who are you? Like, it's not you losing you as a customer. Sure. People don't want to lose customers, but if it's a customer, that's like not the best, (laughs) you know, it's like, all right, bye. Wish you luck. You know? (laughs) Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, you know, the, the goal of this podcast is to help people in the industry and, really just to hear the other perspective that we don't always get to hear. I mean, listen, if you were sitting in my chair, I wouldn't be able to be like, hey, can we talk about how you feel about our cancellation policy? Like it is not something that would ever come up when someone is sitting in my chair and I'm behind the chair, right? So I think your insight has been like truly valuable. So thank you. Um, I also find that, I mean, I didn't even know your history getting into this. Like I literally, just for anybody listening, I was I, shot her a text. I was like, Hey, can you come on the podcast two days ago? Um, <laughs> and I surprised her with the topic. She didn't even ask, like, you're, you're so cute that you were just like, yeah, sure. I'll be there. Yes. Let me ramble on. I enjoy yeah. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love to talk. Um, truly thank you because we all see the local mom Facebook groups and the comments on things and Instagram posts where people are just like, what are, what are they called? Internet keyboard warriors, whatever. Keyboard warriors, yeah. Yeah, yeah where Internet people are trolls. Like going off because it's like, well, nobody knows me and nobody sees me and like I'm hiding behind a screen and I can say whatever I want. But like, no, truly, like how do people feel, right? So mm-hmm. thank you. No problem. Um, My pleasure. <laughs> and to wrap it up, there are three questions that I always have to ask. I think you're going to be really excited about the first <laughs> one because we're both obsessed with coffee. So how do you take your coffee? Oh man, you got me on a good day. Mm. So I recently have acquired a Nespresso secondhand. So I just got the new coconut Nespresso iced coffee pods and it's delicious. And then I do, I don't use cream or anything anymore. I switched to a protein shake. So I put one of my protein shakes in it, usually caramel or vanilla or even the cafe latte one. And then I add my (laughs) sugar-free flavors, my sugar-free syrup. It's very healthy, my coffee. So um, I do vanilla or salted caramel and, or whatever, because I just have a whole bunch of them. So I have like a white chocolate. The Jordan skinny ones? I have the um, Tarani. Tarani oh, wow. ones. Yeah. Home goods. Um, Gordon skinny syrups. 
they're like three ninety nine, and I buy literally every flavor I, I can have to find. go because I love home goods too. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, and there is my iced coffee, and I love it. And I put a million ice cubes in it. I just love iced coffee all day, every day. Yep, just I'm an iced coffee drinker, <laughs> and uh, we have an espresso also. Our go to is Melozio. Mm-hmm. It's like not too strong. Really good. Love it so much. And I prefer iced coffee and not hot coffee. I drink iced coffee all year. It's my favorite. Same. So next question is, can you think of the worst salon experience you've ever had? (laughs) Yes, I can. I, well, I guess, I don't know if it was my fault or their fault. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Um, well, when my hair turned green, my hair was green, my (laughs) blonde hair. And I realized taking my hair to blonde is like a big deal. It's a very big commitment. It takes a long time. It's not like a one-time thing, but like my hair was green. It was like so green. There was no denying that it was green. And I realized that other people have green hair because they want to have green hair, but I did not want green hair. I just wanted some blonde hair. And unintentional green. Yeah. And the stylist was like, no, it looks great. I was like, no, it doesn't. It's definitely green. I look like a unintentional mermaid, but not in a good way. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I, yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself. It was really bad. And I was pretty sure. Walk around with a hat type style. Yeah. 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 And I, like, I knew it wasn't just me. Other people were like, is your hair supposed to look like that? <laughs> like, ah, uh, no, don't, don't think so. Nope. It's a tie. I did cut my hair off very short once and was not flattering at all. But I think that was more my fault because the stylist was definitely like, are you sure? Are you really sure? Like, and I was like, yes, yes. do it. Yes. I'm <laughs> pregnant. This is awful. My hair's heavy. I'm hot. I don't like it. Everything's bad. And the guy was like, no, I don't think we should do this. And I was like, no, do it. Do it. Yeah. And he was like, eh. and yeah, he did. And I loved it for a quick minute. And then I realized it was June and my hair is so curly and I looked like I had a triangle on my head and it was like really not good at all. <laughs> so it was like a tie. It wasn't it really wasn't his fault. It was definitely All my right. fault. But <laughs> All right, that's fair. When my hair was green, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then things on a good note, could you share your best salon experience you've ever had? And this could be the best hair, but this could also be like just the way that someone made you feel or the customer service within a salon, like anything like that. You're gonna laugh at me because I think this sort of goes right along with the box hair dye. I'm not sure. So once when I was in college or post-college or whatever, I used to live in Rhode Island and I went to a Supercuts, which, you know, is not the fanciest place, but I was having a really bad day. I think I was going through a breakup and I was just like, really whatever. And I went to a Supercuts on a whim and the nicest girl did my hair. She like, I was going through a short hair phase then too, but I didn't hate it then. And she just like cut my hair. She gave me little bangs. I looked super cute. It was very flattering because I was straightening my hair like all the time at that point. So my hair was like short and straight and cute. I had like a little bob. It was like the cutest thing. And I loved it. (laughs) And she was just like so nice to me. It was like late because they had late hours there. And, you know, I felt like it was like, she was just so nice, like talking to me and like spending time to like, you know, it was late and she could have rushed and whatever. And she didn't. And I just like really loved my hair. It was super flattering, which wasn't expected at that point with, you know, all my hair, (laughs) but she was just so nice and I liked it. And I didn't feel like she was just like trying to sell me things and push things on me or rush me out of there or whatever. And I think it's so weird because it was definitely like forever. It was like years and years and years ago, but I like remembered being like, I really like this girl, you know? And then I ended up like moving back 
here and obviously never seeing her again. But if I had stayed, I probably would have gone back again. It didn't matter if she worked with Supercuts. Like, she was great. Right. That, and that's great. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like, well, I'm assuming well over a decade. Yeah. I'm like, how long ago was that? Yeah, it was yeah, definitely. I'm like, if you were like, like, like right after college, like how old It was it? like 15 years ago. I'm like, <laughs> but it was um, so cute. My hair looks so nice. <laughs> and that's great that it, it was really you're speaking to how someone made you feel um, while you were in their chair. And I, yeah. it speaks volumes for, you know. So if you're out there, random girl who did my hair at Supercuts on Thayer Street in Providence, Rhode Island, I remember you. <laughs> so cute. Um, so again, thank you so much for opening up and sharing a little bit about you and your insight and your opinions. I really think this was uh, super important and I loved having you on here. Thanks. I love doing it. This is a great, this is like a great friend date. Look at us. Look at yeah, us go. Yeah, I know. This, this, is our, this is our second date. I think our third one will be going to Home Goods. Yes. Goodbye. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much. And You're welcome. I will talk to you soon. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Coffee and Foils podcast. If you loved what you heard and want more, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and most importantly, share. My mission is to help other stylists improve their guest experiences by hearing the client's perspective, and I need your help to make that happen. As always, follow me for podcast updates at Coffee and Foils Podcast on Instagram and DM me with any questions or ideas you may have. Thank you and see you next Monday.